every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen, in the goddamn refrigerator. I sure am hungry. I like it. I like hearing when people uh, take risks. I fucking like that hat, though. God damn. Thanks, That's a tight. good hat, man. Thanks, dude. Para? Para? Para all day. At Pretty Done on Instagram. Is that a legit Para hat? Yeah. Are we starting? Yeah. All right. Adam, at Pretty Done, man. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, we had a, <laughs> Letting everybody know yeah, who's tuning in. Yeah, let the story uh, We told. did this podcast. I think this was... Was it the last podcast of 2019 that we did? Yeah, technically. So we did it. <laughs> Besides my juice. It, it was a good hour and a half uh, podcast. Really, really Oops, good. Sorry. I loved it, man. And unfortunately, we had a computer crash issue where the video file did not get recorded. 88 episodes of <sighs> never happening. Probably more than that, technically, because yeah. the episodes we never released. And, and episodes that you did on, you and I did on our own never happened. So now, wow. that's the whole thing we talked about in all of our podcasts. You live and learn, and now we have redundancy. But so. you can't let it hold you back, and that's why we are back today with episode 89. Thank you for dealing with this. Of the Morning Dinner Podcast. Round Pretty two, dumb. 2020. I'm here. We're here. Mr. Adam, for people who are tuning in yes. and don't know, can you explain who you are and what you do out here? Sure. Uh, I'm Adam. I have an art brand called Pretty Done, where I do murals, logos, paintings, commissions, clothing. I paint on everything and anything, pretty much. Uh, it's really a wild style of um, abstract, pop art, freestyle art. Uh, colorful, sometimes just white and black and... It's just a really uh, fun outlet, creative outlet for me to um, create fun looking visual art for people and myself. And uh, I DJ, I produce music, I do photography, lots of creative stuff that uh, I do every day, all day. So um, I'm here to talk to you guys about it all. Oh, oh yeah. Did you guys do you guys agree with the fact that there's like a left brain, right brain kind of where the like I think was it the right brain is more. Is, it, is the right brain that's more creative and the left brain that's I more think like left brain's creative left brain's right creative. brain's more like organized and like business yeah do you, do you, do you, you agree left-handed? with that I'm not left handed oh, okay. no I know lefties are definitely more artistic or they have a yeah better, something like that they have some type of but what uh, if you're ambidextrous what ambidextrous I'm ambidextrous what is it <laughs> I'm terrible I did this shit with the word uh, need a dictionary dyslexics. everybody di- di- dis- dyslexic. oh yeah he tried to say di- uh, dyslexic in one episode I said dick Lexus you said dick Lexus <laughs> that terrible, sounds bro. like a male stripper <laughs> hey man coming up dick stage Lexus they, dick <laughs> Lexus to the stage AVM's in town so how, how, how did you get because it's very well, very creative base right well hold on let's say the left and right brain right like right. um yeah, there's definitely like that's science, I think, right? Like they do tests of on creative people versus, uh, you know, business minded, number minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's factual of what side of your brain you're using the most and what activates those type of neurological uh, connections to create, you know, imagination versus analytical data. Mm-hmm. And um, I definitely lean towards the creative side, just naturally and through years of practice and work so do you, do you notice that you sleep on one side versus the other hey i think i'm a little loud actually compared to adam can you turn him up a little bit adam talk real quick what's going on what's going on there we go i just seem like i'm very overpowering sorry dog you're always <laughs> overpowering your, I your voice is very overpowering you I'm, wanted it to be louder i remember yeah yeah i wanted, wanted that power in my voice that bass that you wanted power. that bass i wanted that bass <laughs> you got that bass yeah all right oh I, so i asked you do, yeah. you do you sleep on one side versus the other like 
Uh, I've actually trained myself to sleep on my back, but um, I can't do it. It's good for your spine. It is. It's really good. It's so hard, though, because my body, like, I'll wake up and I'll be like, the best thing to do is tuck yourself in. So if you tuck yourself in, you won't move. The thing about that is you get super hot. Yeah. So it's like that double-edged sword, like a little baked potato. I just got a weighted weighted blanket. I couldn't do it. Hell no. Like Tempur-Pedic or weighted? Uh, It's weighted, so it weighs 15 pounds. It has, like, glass beads in it or something. Yeah, yeah. It's very the. It's supposed to help with anxiety. Yeah, people um, like to feel and, like held. Yeah, tight. Yeah, and so also it just it's, it's supposed to help you fall asleep faster. Mm. And like I get it, it works, but it's just like man, it gets me way too hot, mm. way too hot. And yeah. also like it's it's just a mess because like when you roll when you when you roll around in bed and you can fight the fifteen pounds, like all the weight of the blanket goes to one side because the beads roll roll around. <laughs> Is it noisy? Like <laughs> it's not noisy. It's just like kind of inconvenient. Okay. But for somebody, it, it definitely works. Mm. The reason I asked if you slept on one side versus the other is because, like, it was actually kind of a stupid question because I was thinking, like, the brain. So, so you're like more left brain. <laughs> do, you think brain do you think your brain is heavier you. on the left side? <laughs> no, I don't think it works like that. Everybody would be lopsided. They would yeah. have like a weird little head. I like, I like sleeping on, on my on my left side, man. Yeah. For some reason, that's like the one position where I can actually always fall asleep. I usually kind of start left and go right and then kind of eventually get tired of that and like then I go to my back. It's like a it's a weird ritual. Yeah, he, here's the weird thing. I fall asleep on my on my left side, bro, like on this side. But when I wake up, I'm on my right side. What does that say about me? You're dreaming, bro. <laughs> yeah. You're dreaming You have too much anxiety, bro. Do you ever take no, inspiration from your from your dreams when you do your art? Yes, I guess. Um not I don't, I don't want to say like directly. I can't think of like a certain circumstance where I've done yeah. that. But, you know, dreams are weird. It's, uh, we owe, I always listen, obviously I listen to Joe Rogan a lot and he's a big inspiration of mine. And I always say Rogan's my religion because I've been listening to him since the beginning of his podcast. And he's just taught me so many life lessons and things about, you know, discipline and, um, you know, cutting out the bullshit and being, you know, the best version of you that you can be mm-hmm. and all those type of things. Um, but he always says that, you know, no one wants to die, but we shut ourselves off every night and we don't think twice about it. Um, Isn't that crazy? It's wild, right? Damn. And we need that to survive and to function properly for balance and everything, like health-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't sleep and dream, I mean, it's, you could you could really hurt yourself and like, it's super damaging. Like I did in the other past two days, I've been only getting like four hours of sleep. Oh, wow. And I like literally like got home and I had like my body felt heavy, like you know when uh, you get that tingly feeling, like falling asleep, yeah. like your whole body. My whole body felt like that, and I was like, dude, I gotta go to sleep. I laid in my bed and I instantly like I don't remember getting in my bed. That's how like tired I was, and that's how important sleep is for some people, I guess, because I swear there's some people who can do it without it. And I'm like, well, how do you do that? Well, what do they do? They can't be doing anything like high brain output. You know what I mean? You need to to recharge. Or doing a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> or probably doing a bunch of partying. <laughs> yeah, I mean to like operate at a high functioning level. I mean you need sleep and yeah. then dream. You know? I guess if it's if it's like super, I don't want to I don't want to count them out. But like if you're farming and whatnot, it's very binary and it's like it's all about strength. You know what I mean? But yeah, for sure, creative because mm-hmm. a lot of people. And I oh, that's a good lead up to a question is when you. Do you force your creativity or when you hit that mental block, 
do you just like kind of like step away and be like i'm gonna go do something else and get my mind away from this for now or do you just try to push through it and does that make you tired yeah i think um you know i did that my first workshop this week and i was talking to these kids and they one of the questions they asked me was do i ever get creative blocks and and i said no um sometimes like after like drawing or painting for many hours, like four hours, I would say is like usually, usually when I kind of start starting to feel a little dull, or get like, bored too. You're yeah, like, you need eh. something to like just break up the monotony and yeah, all that. Because yeah, because it becomes so, um, you just get sucked in and it just becomes like you, like you're numb a little bit. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's where you just switched up and you go to something else. And that's why I um, I mean four four to five hours is like the max of doing anything. I think creative. After that, you just need to get food, go run, go outside, mm-hmm. do an errand or do something to reset yourself and kind of get your brain off of that and like just counterbalance all that blood flow and energy and thought processing that is so intense with creativity that, um, yeah, you just got to counteract that because it's you just become like kind of lopsided mentally, like, mm-hmm. you know, and um but no, I don't really get creative blocks, I would say. Like like I said, sometimes I'll just max out and be like, you know, I'm painting for four hours. Okay, now I need to go clean my living room and then cook dinner and then go to a So you've game. built your discipline up and everything. Yeah, and you feel it. You start, yeah, I feel it, you know, because creativity comes in waves, I think. And um, How do you mean in waves? Like sometimes like I could just, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get some pen and paper right now. Mm. Or I need a piano inspiration hits you when you don't expect it like you're just like whoa it's a feeling it's it's thoughts it's feelings it's Mm -hmm. um you know it could be little things that you just for doing it for so many years you just you know it's like kind of listening to your body if you work out or do sports or anything Mm -hmm. um you just know like okay i want to run okay i need to rest okay i want to do box jumps i want to lift i want to you know whatever it is um you get those you, you get those signals from yourself. Um, also, you know, what you eat, how you sleep, and, you know, are you doing all the things you need to do? All those things accumulate and give you kind of check marks and pointers in the direction to go. And, you know, I go through, for years, I would go through different flows, like where I would do art for months. And then, like, I would take a month or two off and just produce lots of music, and mm-hmm. DJ and scratch and do all this stuff and then come back to the art. Um, so I would do a lot of flip-flopping for, for years. I'm the same. And, and now it's like the art has demanded my attention so much from like the momentum and projects and everyone, you know, a lot of people are just getting on board now. And I think it's, um, it's awesome because that allows me to kind of stay in the ooze of the art and keep growing it and working on ideas and experimenting and, um, I don't get tired of it because it's exciting. I'm always doing new things. That's a big thing for any artist, you know, evolution. Right. Um, never doing the same thing for too long is so important, I think, for anyone that's um, trying to grow as a person, as an artist, and also develop their work to the level that they desire. So what, how do you change it up? Like, what, what is your workflow? You know what I mean? And what has been something new that you've been doing? Uh, I'm very random in everything I do. If it's music, art, working out, uh, DJing, everything I do is very, I'm very just eclectic as a person just through everything I've done and just what, that's what inspires me, variety. Um, but 
yeah, I, I've always tried new mediums, new pens, new types of paint, painting mm-hmm. styles. Like lately I've been doing this kind of freestyle abstract line work where it's literally like just scribble, scribble and this kind of free flow in it. Where yeah, it's it, away from like the characters and all that. It's yeah. just more of just, I love those two. And yeah. it's like so quick and like spontaneous. Like I don't even know where I'm going. It's It's kind of like, I've never surfed before, but it's kind of like surfing with ink mm. where you're just like, you're just flowing. And I would love to do a demonstration for you guys if we had another camera. But, I know, that'd be so tight. Uh, it's funny you would say that as a camera pointer in the, in the corner, just looking down at your... We'll set it up. <laughs> we got to do another one too. Yeah, we, had a, we had a little ghetto cam actually, a little handheld one. This would be perfect. Like, boom. I don't know. Probably be hard though. Yeah, that would be tight. It's pretty light. It's a little tiny little camera like that. That big. It's a little like a VHS old school camera. <laughs> oh wow, they're so corny, but they work. It's I, just it looks terrible. I like I like the one we used it though. It added like a third dimension to the podcast because everything we never so used clean. it. Oh yeah, we did use. Yeah, we did use it. We used it on one episode because <laughs> we used to, like, we used to have a spinning wheel, and then we we were gonna start doing it because we were like, how can we get more viewers? But we we stopped it. But we had like things on it that Questions? were like, no, we had more like. You have to prank call somebody or do something uh, every 30 minutes just to break up the monotony. But it was just like, I was like, man, people are going to feel awkward with some of these. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, you I don't never know who you're going to have, who's going to be comfortable. And they're going to be so. like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. It's like uh, an idea I, I had for a podcast, like just a little element that I think would be cool for, for guests is like, if you have a little bucket of like, um, just like word, like different words on little pieces of paper and they pick out like a, a thing. Yeah. Um, and it's like a question, like a random question that mm. maybe you guys have pre-thought of or used before. I wanted to do that for a see, podcast. Cause see, like, I kind of, I saw, a, you know, AD, right? AD is elevated from 90. He used to be a 98.5 and he used to do his own little, not a podcast, but like for 98.98 or 97.5, one of those radio stations. He used to invite a lot of local talent into a studio and he would do the, like, kind of like a podcast kind of thing. Hmm. And that would be something that he would do, actually. He would have a bucket. And, and the, one of the most creative ones I saw is when he would have a rapper in the studio, he would, like, have a children's book and say, you got to rap this to me. Mm. Or you sing know? this to or, me. Yeah, or That's sing tight. this to me. Like that, you know. But I also, like, I love the idea of, of adding a third element to the show, but I don't want to do anything that's, that's like, someone, someone else has already done because then it just feels like, I'm just doing what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, for example, like for the morning dinner, I had I, I wanted to do some, something food-based, but then, you know... Hot ones. Hot ones. Like, people are going to think of That's hot ones. You know what show. I mean? So it's like, dang, man, you can't win. There's, like, But there's way more food than just chicken wings, man. You could do... All, I mean, you could do... Bugs. Sour food. I'm kidding. I don't that's know. true. You could do uh, bitter food. You could do shitty food. Because, like, like do... I, that's the thing I wanted. It's like, you either answer this question that's kind of deep, or you have to eat one of this like bad stuff, but I'm like people are gonna say no. It's like it's just. But just because Hot One did that doesn't mean all food is off the table. That's that's true. I mean, that's just like one corner of it. The, the, I I think I pretty much mean like the concept of it too, though, because like, like how it escalate. Like, kind of like the not the escalation of things, but also like putting your guests in, in like an uncomfortable or weird situation where like they have. You know, it brings more out of them, right? Right, right. And right after Hot Ones dropped, Kevin Hart started doing his uh, cold the bath, ice bath, the ice bath one. interviews. It was the exact. But I'm pretty same sure concept, they, no, no lie, they've had stuff like that before, even Hot Ones. But Hot Ones just did it the best. And, and I'll go back a, to this: there's no such thing as an original thought. Yeah. So that's the other thing you can't you can't fight yourself that's subjective. over subjective. Yeah, because if you think <laughs> about it, every everything that that you've done has come from somewhere. Maybe right, and it, and it, if it came from you. 
it, how did it get to you? I guess it's also you know? that point. How did we get here? How yeah. did we get here? Because it's also the point. Like, even if you copied something and it looked almost identical, it's not. Mm-hmm. All the way down to like the nitty gritty. If you mm-hmm. want to be technical as well, so yeah. that means everything's different. That's yeah, so well. like if you and I both draw the same yeah character, like the we same copy face, exactly what Adam shows my, us on the thing. Yeah, it's my character gonna might be, be a little chubbier, a little bit different. Yeah, and that's human nature. Yeah, right. It's like everyone's um, hand and mind and eye coordination is. Everyone has their own way of it. So, mm-hmm. um, and and that's what I think is so cool about. Uh, first of all, live art, like performance art, which is another thing that I, I do. And, um, I love like painting in front of people and, um, watching it come to life and watch other people see it come to life. Cause they don't know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's really, uh, interesting. Cause not a lot of artists have that ability. You know, a lot of artists do a studio stuff where it takes hours. They, mm. pu- they, they, they paint and brush and shadow and nothing know, on the spot. Well, nothing just like, how do I put it? Like as I was gonna fluid say, and like rap, like I could do a whole mural, like I could do a whole painting, like in 10 minutes, mm. you know, like that a lot of artists, like it takes weeks or right. just depends on years. your style <laughs> years. Yeah. So do, do you think that could be something that comes down to the fact of like people who are too picky about their own work and they're like, Oh no, it's gotta be perfect versus someone who could just be like, I'm going to accept this painting for what it is, do my best and not second guess myself. It's part of that, but it's also their style of art and their mm. process. Okay. Also like where they are as an artist, like they might be two years in or 20 years in, or I don't know, you know, wherever they are on their journey, they might not have the, the, the rapidness, yeah. the rapid work ethic uh, of getting the idea out and, and, and completing it. I don't know if I ever asked you, do, do you know who uh, David Garibaldi is? No, I never. No, I don't know that. He does. Um, he does live performance art where he'll he'll like basically like paint. I think he just uses like actual like brushes to to paint his stuff. But he what he does is he start with a like a big ass canvas and then he'll do a painting, um, dancing the whole time he's doing it's it. It's upside like, really, down, isn't it? And it's upside down. Like he he'll do it upside down or do little details. Oh yeah, and then, he's and, a b boy. Yeah, is he? I think so. And then he'll like flip it upside down and then like oh it's he's a, local. Uh no no, no it, it's, I think it's, it's that big. type of paint style though it's like okay. you know you're doing that yeah. I know what you're talking oh, about yeah. but yeah that's like, what I think of when I think of performance art or you know that's definitely a performance art he's quick mm-hmm. you know the thing about performance art you have to be quick because people don't want to stand there for an hour and watch yeah. a painting unfold like you know you're over here like doing little details and mm-hmm. it's not that's not uh, especially intriguing. with this, this society nowadays yeah the like, attention you know you want to keep people's attention and keep it exciting and very like vivid I think so mm-hmm. with my stuff it's like yeah like doing characters like it's it's wild because like I always do different ones mm-hmm. and um, yeah there's like these aliens these creatures these monsters these funky looking little things it's just mm-hmm. so fun man that's crazy man. well uh, one of the things that i wanted to go back to because you mentioned earlier uh but then chuck asked the question sorry you mentioned that you did like dj and you did photography you did art all that stuff do you think that kind of like does that make you a better artist at the end of the day or do you sometimes wish like man i wish i only focus on one thing because then i would be 10 times greater if i only did that you know because there's people who, who think that way where it's like right if i only did yeah, it's like a hundred percent into one thing. If I only did podcasting, I could do ten podcasts a week versus only one or two every month. You know. Yeah, that's you know some people think that like you know if you spread yourself too thin, you can't success, you can't be successful because you're doing all these things juggling and 
this and that. I mean, it's all about what works for you. There's no right or wrong. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have like, for me, I have multiple passions. I don't just love art. I love music. I love producing and writing music. I love photography. Um, love basketball, love sneakers. Uh, Mm -hmm. so, you know, all these things, like they all counterbalance each other. And I think it adds balance to me and kind of satisfies my creativity because if I only did the same thing constantly, that would exhaust that muscle Mm -hmm. for me personally. I mean, some people can do that and feel satisfied for me. I love, like I said, variety. I like, um, I like more than just one thing. So I'm happy I found those things early and dedicated my life to them because, you know, a lot of people bullshit and don't take action and go after it and, you know, put the the reps in and the hours and, and try to make these, you know, dreams happen because, um, at the end of the day, no one could do it for you. And Nothing happens overnight. Like we said in the last podcast, I got lost. Uh, <laughs> the lost podcast. The lost episode. Yeah, a whole, like, lost we got the archives. audio, but we don't get the video. It's all good. Actually, I don't think we have the audio anymore. We're on a new, we're on a new ride. We're on a new ride. We're yeah, yeah, yeah. See, got to start fresh. New. Hey, man, you don't let nothing hold you back, man. Yeah, past is a past. Nothing holds me you gotta back. You got to leave it behind. Yeah. got to look and laugh. So I think it's 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 about what works for you. And if you if you're more than, if you have more than one passion, like go after all your passions. That's nothing... There's no rules. Like, because I think there's inspiration in everything too. (laughs) And that's why it's like, me, I tell people, I'm just like, just try it and do it because you might take inspiration from it that can help you in that field. And like, skateboarding got me into a lot of underground music. You know what I mean? And then that traveled into me getting into like DJing and just music producing, you know, because it's like, damn, beats sound so tight. Mm -hmm. Sampling sounds so tight. Mm -hmm. And that got me into that. And that got me into more actually art you know because that's that's when i started getting into like street style and all that because i loved how skaters dressed and then i got into nike and all that and i seen how they do things and then i seen how they branded Mm. and that leading me to my graphic design Mm. like trying to figure out more in the branding world and skateboarding you know i've never skateboarded but i've always wore skateboarding clothing and love the aesthetic of it Mm -hmm. um comfortable cool style, cool graphics, just chill, lay back. You know, everything about it is just, I love it. And um, that world of skateboarding is, you know, the re- that that has blossomed so many things in pop culture and streetwear and street art and all these, th- you know, logos and, and, and all these things that are so normal now, but it, a lot of it stems from skateboarding, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, from, you know, there's so many companies and, and people that have, led it to where it is today but that whole world is like so inspiring i mean even from like you just said nike like for them you know the nike sbs were i was into them like early that when, was a crazy ass time era yeah when they all know, the dunks early 2000s like 2002 i think it was when um the first sbs came out and i was obsessed with them that was before what does sb stand for people said skateboarding Skateboard. or sandy bodecker which was the founder of nike sb and he just passed away last year Oh, rest in peace. And he um he was like the heart and soul of Nike SB and he just a Nike legend. Um Yeah, look at what this what this looks like. I've never seen a Nike SB. I don't recall. You don't remember SB? I was, ne- I was never a, you, a I'm pretty sure you've seen people. Oh, how dare there's you. so many. <laughs> I had Skechers, does that count? <laughs> oh my god. You know the one with are the we, one, are the we one talking the, right now? He still wears Skechers. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> hey man, it's all good. 
it's so all good, yeah. I, I was going to say, because um, I, I don't think a lot of people, because like, once again, it's hard going back because we lost so much audio and talk. Mm-hmm. But um, what is your biggest mural you've done? The biggest mural uh, would be this one I did for Life is Beautiful in 2017. It's on 7th and Carson, downtown Las Vegas. And it's still there. You could go check it out. Take some photos. Is that one colored? Tag me. Yeah, colored. Oh, okay. Yeah. That one is. Um, that's the long. That one took me the longest. It took me a couple of weeks. Damn. On weeks. and on and off. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't there like every uh, day. Spray paint or like spray painting? paint, and lots of layering and, and colors that, you know, I just designed it on the spot. Started with some simple shapes and just kept layering. You know, eyes and noses and hair and mouths and all these little things and um do you have a photo of it real quick yeah tons of photos can i can i see it sure and we'll we'll pop it up on the screen if you uh, you're able to send me the file or like the photo i think it's on instagram <laughs> is it on instagram oh, it's on okay. my website instagram yeah it'll pop oh, okay. up yeah because my website has like the professional photos hey, real quick is that a nike sb right there uh yeah that's just like that's a, one of the that's a newer it looks, you know, it yeah. looks like a vans beefed up vans shoe Type no, in, that's the Janowski's, aren't they? Yeah, those Isn't are Janowski's. That? Type in Nike Dunk SB Flash. Oh, yeah. Or Shark or Gino Futura. It was like a whole Oh, damn. It was a whole I era. didn't have a pair of these. It was the beginning of, yeah. Yeah, but like, they the had a whole bunch of... So they had like... They did collabs with people. They had like... Some of those still go for like 25000 and shit. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's... Yeah, those very few ones. go... Like the Paris's... The, the money one? So what's up with the uh, currency? The yeah. Futura. I seen somebody with them and I was like, damn. Yeah, that's with Futura. You know Futura, right? Yeah. 2000, so OG. There's like the Quasimodo great. ones that if, yeah, those are like, they only made them for everybody in stone throws, I think. Mm-hmm. So if you have those. They're pretty fly, man. They're probably fake. No, I'm just kidding. So that's like the first <laughs> edition. That was before like SB was even really a thing. Oh, really? So what are dunks? SB dunks. So dunks. Dunks are like an old Nike silhouette. Actually, I think it was meant for basketball. Back yeah, because it sounds... Yeah. yeah, Nike Dunk. So it was, I think it was like maybe... I think they came out late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. And a lot of skateboarders used them because they were, they were based off the Jordan... The Jordan 1 was based off of them. So they used the same sole and the same design. Mm. So those two shoes, if you put them next to each other, they really overlap a lot design-wise because a lot of the elements from the dunk are on the Jordan one um, or it might be vice versa. I forget which one came first, but they came right around the same time. You're going to have some shoe head get so mad right I now. I think it was the dunks though. Is it, a comment I, think, I think the dunks were. Oh man, don't know. He don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> is it, is <laughs> it Nike or Nike? Because I've heard people say Nike. Who says Nike? Uh, people outside of the United oh, States. Okay, I, I guess you can do that. Yeah. Like everybody in Europe, Nike. It's, it's Nike. like Ari and Ari. Oh, Aerie. you've got a new pair of Nikes on. That's how they say it. Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's their slang. Could be accent. Or, sure or, or do we have the accent? However you want to look at it. We gotta find, we, is, is it the, the founder is the, American? Is the E silent? What? Is the founder in America? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oregon. Oh, okay. Sure. Well, it's definitely Nike then. Nike for sure. Then. Nike. <laughs> Stupid I mean, it's like Ari I'm and like Ari. a Nike nerd, dude. I know so much about Nike. Dang, you said Oregon. I would, that's crazy. Phil Knight. It is Oregon, yeah. That's true. Um... Crap, man. I'm, did, I, did I interrupt what you guys were talking about? Because I, I think I had a question. Yeah, something with the murals and then like you're going to show the photo. Oh, yeah. And... Did you, did, have you shown me yet? You didn't show me, right? The mural. Oh, I thought you said just you pulled it up after. I thought. Oh, oh yeah. I could do that. 
<laughs> I hate you so much, Q. Wait, so what came first, man? Because you talk about doing photography, DJing, art, all that stuff. What came yeah. first? <sighs> what came first? Um, I would say, um, I mean, I've always been into art and and graphics and logos and characters. Is your family in, like? Is your family more a creative family, or is it? Um, yeah, a little bit. I would okay. say. Um, but I've always like had an eye for logos and characters and cartoon stuff mm-hmm. but i never like desired to like pursue art like as an artist i would say mm-hmm. um but in college um is when i took graphic design and phot- darkroom photography so i did that for a few semesters and dropped out for djing because i it was just slow paced and it was expensive and it just it wasn't where i was mentally you started DJing when? 2007. Um, so, uh, yeah, DJ AM was the person that inspired me to start DJing. And um, so, yeah, I, I, um, I got obsessed with DJing. And I was like, you know what? I could do graphic design and photography my own way and my own terms eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but DJing is really like taking over my brain and kind of what I want to focus on right now and like, I want to get obsessed with that. So I became obsessed with that and dropped out of college and um, did that for for three, four years and then moved here. And were you getting gigs and whatnot? Like yeah. You were trying to yeah. Get, okay. I, was, I was doing gigs, doing all types of whatever parties, you know, all yeah, types of things. house parties and all that. Bars, house parties, private events, clubs. Um, I'm every, glad you dropped out, man. Everything. No one should ever go to college for photography. <laughs> Damn. Well, I'm true, saying, especially in, in that in that in that year, I'm thinking like 2005, 2006, 2007. That yeah. that era, yeah. there's not a lot of schools that'll that'll teach that'll teach you photography without you paying a pretty penny for it. Like most of the schools were either private or it was a very expensive program. Yeah, I was going to a community college and darkroom photography, as most photographers know, is very expensive mm. and slow process. Like time consuming but you gotta you gotta really be invested into that man it's a it's an old school thing and like it's meant for like more mature photographers yeah um so yeah i've always loved photography uh graphic design art and obviously music and then so i'm kind of trying to or or, you know tell you guys how what came first and all that and um so i was doing the college i dropped out pursued djing Mm -hmm. so then djing kind of took over control and uh, that's how I made a living since then. And um, that's what allowed me to, after you know X amount of years, to start drawing and have free time to get my thoughts, my ideas going. And then I eventually um, started Pretty Done. And um, that was like 2011. And um, yeah, so that's what allowed me to have that luxury of time and, and to grow that. And I've just been feeding that for years without anyone really even knowing about it. Mm-hmm. And I would have mounds of paper in my apartment, just thousands of ideas, hundred thousand characters, just stuff everywhere. It you was know what? The mess. And and I want to touch on this because I remember the last podcast that we, that we did. You mentioned uh, very being a very physical drawer, right? That you want to you want a pen and pad, you want paper, you want to feel your materials. Um, do you feel that you you definitely fall on one side of the spectrum when it comes to like, for example, photography, digital versus analog, right? 
you either do dark room or you do like the digital image and you edit on the computer mm-hmm. versus drawing you do only digital or you only do uh physical versus drawing on an ipad or something and like that and it's not as easy do you, you fall on one side of do you favor one side or the other for, for both or is it um well i always say like go the hard route first because uh if you're if you're doing it for the long term and it's like something you really want to do for the rest of your life because that's where you get the discipline the foundation and all the things that no one could take from you Mm -hmm. um and that is undeniable and unbreakable um those type of things are like pen and paper drawings uh yeah like dark room photography doing things more analog more old school because um Anybody could do digital stuff. Like I think we spoke on the last podcast that was lost, but you know, I avoided digital drawing forever, um, like a tablet or an iPad because first of all, I started pen and paper and I wanted to get my lines right, my confidence, uh, my sh- just everything down because uh, that's real drawing. And I always knew that drawing digitally or even shooting photography digitally uh, is always going to come easier and you could always get away with a lot of error, mistakes, Hell bullshit. Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's always going to be there. You know, it, yeah. that's the truth. Like I always, like I tell any creative is like, go the long route. Like even with DJing, get vinyl mm-hmm. before you get Serato and just understand what is what and get that get your ears separated and learn how to mix and understand what's going on. Um, even if you do start with Serato, you know, cover the laptop. Like there's a, there's a, there's a shortcut on there where you could hide the waveform. Yeah. So doing that, those type of things are where you really, you do yourself a disservice if you cheat yourself on those little, those little things because it's like working out and doing one less rep when you're like, Oh, you could have just done one, one little more. Or it's like doing pull-ups when you have like this thing assisting you doing a pull-up, mm. like the little, the, the yeah, leg like thing. you can keep using it. You're still getting a pull-up done, I need, I need but that. <laughs> it's not a hundred percent. I would rather that. do one real pull-up than 10 assisted pull-ups. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's the There's same too thing. too many options to, for command Z and the computer and exactly. And it, and it just shows, you know, same thing with fake followers on social media. Mm. You're cheating yourself. You're, you're, you're not even, you don't even know where you are. Yeah. So, um, all those little things in life, you know, working out, social media, art, creative health, what friendships, all these type of things that it's all the same thing. It's like, why, why do yourself wrong when you could just taste yourself, do go the long route and get your shit down. Mm -hmm. And then no one could take that from you and then go digital or then go, you know, however, whatever route it is, Mm -hmm. like, um, just because that will give you so much, uh, foundation foundation and base that, you know, that's going to come so easy for you. You know, like, like I said, if you start on vinyl and then you go to Serato, you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. You know, or drawing pen and paper or painting. And then you go to an iPad, you're like, Oh, this is like ridiculous <laughs> no shortcuts that's yeah. basically it man it's yeah. and it's real talk it goes for business or anything like people want that quick money and it's like it doesn't work like that yo it takes- so does that mean we should be recording this podcast on tape yeah <laughs> on analog <laughs> you, know, you know what's crazy is every and every like creative outlet has multiple mediums like the analog and the digital right where it's audio you can do tape or you can do like straight to like a recorder right mm. drawing you could do physical paper or you can do an ipad like 
Yeah, but DJing like, vinyl versus uh, you said Serato. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know. But you want CDJs. you want your you want your like self-contained skills mm-hmm. to be controlled by you. Yeah, not have like you don't want to fake yourself out. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of it. Like with the fake followers, with drawing digitally only or whatever it may be. It's like you're you're kind of faking yourself out. Like realize, oh, I could really draw on mm-hmm. on an iPad, and then I could really paint on an iPad. Like okay, like, let me get a canvas and real paint or a pen and paper and let's see like if you can do the same thing. If you make an error, okay. Mm-hmm. You got to see those little life lessons you learn from those. Mm-hmm. Um, drawing for years and years, painting for years is like when you mess up, you realize the, the consequences and you that is how you become a better artist and a better person. <laughs> you know, if you mess up a line, like you could become a better person. Yeah. Simple things like that. Yeah, I, I guess that's why it's always good to just try everything. You know what I mean, like, and just try your best to start from like the the foundation, like the what is it, like the I, I can't even uh, think of what I was about to say. But traditional, always, traditional, yeah, yeah, the traditional way. I think that's the best way to start, just because even though we didn't do it with a video, like we weren't shooting film, but it's just yeah, and that's, that's too another expensive. point, and that's another point that I wanted. Well, actually. I did start with I didn't start with film, but I started with DV tape. Uh, me too, but that don't count <laughs> for the podcast. You say no, no, no for, uh, for like in our personal. Because you know, back uh, in the day, with like like home home video cameras and stuff, <laughs> yeah. like those are technically tape. So it's yeah, like right. you can't you can't like delete it or anything. Yeah. It's you I, can record I, well, I guess over. You can record, rewind the tape, and then record over it. <laughs> but I will. I was gonna say like counter like a car, counter argument to the statement that you made, which I do agree with. Is is you want to if you if you want to be passionate about something, definitely use a medium that's gonna challenge you and and really like you know make make you a better artist at the end of the day for it. But I would say that I love having the digital um, option because there's Wait, so many digital people, option for what a digital option for everything for drawing for podcasting to, to to SD card photography digital all that stuff I love that because there's a lot of people who would never have gotten into that realm of things had it not been the easiness of getting into it right mm-hmm. now the problem is that we do get a lot of people who get into that art form because it's so easy and they suck and then they, you know they, they blow up and they become this you know multi they got multi-million Dollar contract That's just good for, marketing at that point, right, bro. <laughs> right, right. But I, but I will say, like, like for somebody like me, like I would never have gotten so far into photography mm. had it not been for digital cameras, right? Now that I know digital cameras, like, oh, I'm like, oh, film looks pretty cool. Like, I would yeah. love to take some Polaroids or do mm-hmm. some kind of like, yeah. you know, because yeah, I, because true. I do, after doing it for so many years, right. you gain an appreciation and a love, love for the art that you're like, okay. I have a lot of things that help me out. Like, you know, when if I take a photo, I have 15 stops of dynamic range. I could just make it a little darker, mm-hmm. make it a little brighter here, and I could control everything in the computer after yeah. the fact. But what is it like to just say, I'm going to take a good picture mm. as is, no retouching? And it's, you know? the, it's also the curiosity of the artist, mm-hmm. of the creative. Like, right. that's a big point of, of what I'm trying to get at is because if you're – Say like you just said, you're you're introduced to digital photography or digital DJing or digital art or any of these things. That could be a way for you to get in, but you you always want to be curious to go back to the timeline of how where you even got to this point. Right. Like, who are you studying? Who inspires you? Mm-hmm. All those. If you go back to those those legends in any field that it, it may be, you realize those are those are thorough, legit people that have done it 
the old school way most likely and have done it a way that you're probably not doing it. And then that's where you, okay, I'm going to try it this way. Okay. I've always done digital. Now let me try to do it. Let me get some markers and do graffiti, real graffiti or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. any, any Mm -hmm. medium. But at the end of the day, it's like the curiosity of you and of the creative is like so important because that's where you, you start finding like other people that have done it before. You're like, Oh, I love this. And then I could, um, study this person and then oh he used this type of paint or this type of camera or whatever it may be um and i think that that's that's if you're really about it mm-hmm. you know if you're not about it, about it <laughs> mm-hmm. then you, yeah you could just stay surface level and stay simple and basic but right if you if you really love it and you're doing it for long term and you want to know the history and all the ins and outs of it and find your you know formula then you have to go back to old school, you know, 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah, it's, it's a know. good challenge. You know, you know what? Yes. I'm going to cut you off because yeah, I, I didn't want to forget this. <laughs> and right. I will forget it because we're talking, we're on the road of like analog and digital and all that stuff. Um, do you prefer movies like old school movies where like people did the makeup and they did like the prosthetics, you know, mm. versus the movies that we have coming out now where it's like it's all digital. Like you could tell. Like a Transformers movie, right? Everything's digital. And like nothing was pretty much shot in camera. Like everything, or like the movie. Uh, have you seen the movie Three Hundred? Well, let me just say this: I'm really stupid when it comes to movies. Like I don't know shit. Oh, like so you're my, fooled by the I effects. I, movies are not. No, no, no. What I'm trying to say is movies aren't my thing. <laughs> movies aren't my thing. Like I haven't seen a movie in years. What? What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I mean, because a what lot is, of people are are, are mind blown by that because like film is art yeah right and that's great i've yeah. never heard anybody say that in my life i don't watch yeah, tv it's, i don't watch movies. yeah like I, I get tv but damn i i because so I you just, have no you have no netflix no nothing, hulu nothing there's no, no distractions bro i don't get distracted that's i stay insane. so sharp bro yeah because i love brain dead shit sometimes let's talk about that then yeah uh, why why is it that you chose to remove all those distractions i don't you know I just don't have time for bullshit and I love, I know what, what I, what inspires me and what, um, I like to listen to or watch. And it really is, you know, music takes a big chunk of my time and my focus. Um, I'm always, if it's making music or listening to music while I'm doing things or creating or whatever, music is like the soundtrack to a lot of my time. And then aside from that, it's, it's really documentaries. I love like learning and understanding other people's perspectives and podcasts too po- and all that. I was just going to say documentaries and podcasts are like the only things I really watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watch a little news here I'll and there. Consider a documentary I think, a movie. I, I, no, no. Oh, okay. I, I would, I would say documentaries and podcasts lie more on the surface of like reading, you know, versus no, watching, learning, you know, cause learning. you're learning. Yes. What is the point of, of reading? Cause you're trying to absorb knowledge, right? That's true. That's what pod, that's the, when you listen to Joe Rogan and he's yeah. interviewing somebody talking about the ketogenic diet and he's got Ronda Kirkpatrick on and they're just talking about ketones and the process of this and that and how, you know, all these chemicals, you're learning something that you would not have learned somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, had you not taken the you step to go ahead and watch that podcast, same thing with a documentary. If you're doing a documentary, it's most likely, for research purposes like unless you're watching like no but even still like think about a documentary about uh okay let's just say the guy who survived on a pirate ship right or by pirates right Mm -hmm. like to a point that's more of the only thing you're learning is the fact of being maybe 
yeah. dealing with it. No, yeah, but yeah, see yeah. what I mean? Like that's D- there's definitely point, like, entertainment. Docu- there's definitely documentaries that are more just entertainment. Like the one that came out with the uh, the the cat killer guy. The guy who yeah, there's a guy who was like killing cats and putting videos on Facebook and all that stuff. And the, I watched that documentary. It was all just kind of like it's very interesting stuff. You're Sounds like dark. Oh, like the it's guy. Very dark. Like very I dark. watched the one about the the Japanese guy who ate all the people, and they released him. You ever see that on Vice? Yeah, he no. used to eat girls, like just eat them, and then like they released him because he was psycho. But it, that, it was insane. on Vice, bro. It was crazy. Okay, so like that stuff is more like kind of like entertainment because you're like watching but you're not because you're not what learning are you, shit from what are you that? really gonna like, take from that like what are you really gonna apply see but that's like a whole nother that's another don't eat people uh what's the word <laughs> please don't it's just it's like psychology right like you're learning like wow that's someone else's <coughs> mentality like that's a brain that's doing that yeah, yeah. you know that's like, what i think i'm like right. somebody literally like just- has an appetite for Skin. Like just looks at somebody and goes, "It's mm. crazy." You know like, what? And, and and I look at people like that, man. Sometimes, and and before, I mean, you, I, our first instinct is always to judge. Like that dude's crazy. You have to. That's, that's human up. instinct that, to that, judge because of all your experiences in life. That's what you. That's what you have learned to be crazy, right? Like you would never do something like that. You would never do what they did. But then you also have to understand, like, what happened to them. For them to think that's all right. And that's know? what makes it interesting. That's, that's why people get sucked in. That's it, psychology because you, you realize like that is out there and that's like a way of someone's thought process and like that's a person <laughs> that's doing these things. Like I think that's why people become, you know, the other day I was telling my friend like I think it was a fr- like two Friday nights ago, I literally spent seven hours down this dark youtube hole of murder and rabbit hole cop chases and death and and uh yeah salvia trips crazy <laughs> like i was just watching all this murder stuff and like you know you could get on this spree of like wow this is so like it's fascinating like watching like wow how they like i watched this thing while this, they burned this girl's body and threw in a dumpster in miami and it was just from nightclub night and it was just like just weird circumstances that happen in the world that it makes you think like in all the little details like even you know uh there, there's just so many that like you it, it kind of opens your mind to like the spectrum of human nature mm-hmm. um and realizing like there's normal people there's nice people there's terrible people there's insane people there's people that eat people there's people that kill yeah. their family because of a hundred dollars there's you know they kill their pets like just watching all these, you know, uh, documentaries this one night, I, you know, I went to bed, like just, I, I, it affects your brain. It does. You know, and it's so interesting and like intriguing because it's like, you never met anybody like this. You never seen anything like this. But and you never probably will you unless never will. you watch that documentary. And it's real though. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact, like it seems not real, but it's like when you see real footage of, you know, this person that, you know, hid the person in the, hit a, hit a body in a, oil bin in the you know in a field or whatever it may be it's like wow someone actually carried a dead body out there chopped him up put him in a freaking thing it's like whoa like that that's that's my nightmare man it's like nothing like boogeyman's and freddy krueger's but like my nightmare is is being close to somebody like that Mm. who you could like you wouldn't be able to tell that that's who they Mm. really were what is it they don't have they don't have remorse they just like right. They well, don't dude, know what that is. They're just like. Hmm. There, there was this one guy who uh, 
apparently uh he i think he caught his wife cheating or something and he killed both of his little girls and his wife and then he kind of like i think he hurt himself and then he made it look like somebody that they had been attacked mm -hmm. but i think they did like some kind of like uh uh Forensic. autopsy forensics oh. and they found like uh i think they found like so, like something on his knife from his job or something mm -hmm. so they could tell like, it was him and it was like it's it so back. interesting though right like it's all like, those little detroit like the trace of details of cover up, like all those things can get, it's just like a rabbit hole of like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. And then, you know, you, then there's like a left turn. Oh, the cousin or the sister or someone else has yeah. helped them bring this to this. All those little things to a story that equates to like someone doing something so horrendous is, is it's fascinating. It's sad. It's like such a mix, mixed if, bag of emotions. If you're, if you're into learning that perspective of things, man, definitely check out don't fuck with cats that's the one i was telling you about okay. the cat killer guy the reason that's very very interesting to me and i i think it's man it's like a three-parter documentary but the reason i watched all three episodes was because the guy as messed up as what he did was there was a little bit of genius behind what he did you know it's messed up what he did but he wanted to get caught and then he left clues behind for people to find him that's where this whole documentary came about because mm. there was this Facebook group of people who love cats and they found the videos and like we got to find this guy mm. and he would always find leave clues on the internet where where there and do these people went out of their way like they analyzed the video frame by frame mm. say oh here's the, there's a vacuum brand right here they only sell that in this part of the United States uh, so they narrowed it down right. and then they and then dude it, it goes crazy but he left breadcrumbs for them whether right. it's like the file name of the video that he would upload. Like it's crazy, bro. Like they did some real work, and that's that wild. seems like a a, a made-up thing, right? Yeah. And those things, there's so there's hundreds, thousands of stories like that, even on more extreme, less extreme cases. But it's just it's like so different than my brain and my world. Mm -hmm. That's why it's like sometimes I go down those deep holes of like, whoa, like I don't know anything about this. Like this is so different than what I do and like where I am in my life <laughs> that it becomes interesting because it's so contradictory to who I am and what I do that it makes it interesting. I'm like, whoa, this is so different than my world. Um, Have you ever noticed that that when you watch something like that, yeah. your art is affected by it in, in, in a more different way where it's like, you notice like, whoa, why would I draw something like that? Because I would never do something like that before. You know, like, has it ever affected mm. your art personally? No, not that I think of. Um, I don't do it too often. I really like, I force myself not to go down those holes because mm. it really does like, it's just, it has a net. It's, it definitely has a bad it's energy a negative. It. It's, it's like a negative. It's a negative. You're yes. like, you feel weird after it. You're like, yeah. fuck, I feel a little weird. Yeah. I don't like, it's not the end of the world, but it's like, yeah, I'm definitely. I'm and then you start sleep. feeling sketchy. Like, <laughs> yeah. you hear something. You <laughs> you're know? Yeah. Like, I do that so it, much. It, it definitely will mess with you. Yeah. You know, that night. But, you know, when you sleep, you next day, it's back to normal. It's it's like being <laughs> mm -hmm. desensitized, right? Like, that's how... The oh, we are completely desensitized, man. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, there's people who see killings every day, like, in certain <laughs> countries, and they're used to it. They're or cops like, or yeah, undercover they, agents. They right? just... They're used to it. They're, like, LA's getting like that, I guess, because like, with the homeless bodies that are just appearing, because, you know, so many homeless people now. Like, people in LA are like, oh, yeah, another dead body. And, like, and we're desensitized to a lot of stimulation in Vegas. A lot, you know. If you go to a farm in Iowa, you come to Vegas. Oh, it's a, it's a different world. It's a different world. Yeah. First of all, everything's open twenty four hours. <laughs> like, Just the energy, the electricity, the yeah, yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. Plus, you 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 live in a city where 
people come to be their worst selves, right? Like they literally come with the intention. Or their best selves. Well, I'm saying like <laughs> people who come on the strip and they want to drink and right. they want to party and like they come to do the things that they don't want to do back home, right? They want to yeah. go to the strip club or maybe they want to get a hooker or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, like, yeah. They come to Vegas because they want to gamble. Let they, loose. They want to let the sins yeah. out, you know? So it's a it's a very interesting perspective. But to us, it's just another. But to us, like, dude, I go down this. If I have a gig on the strip, I'm just like, I can't wait to get home, man. Yeah, I'm like, I hate this place so much. It's too busy down there, too corporate. Where a lot of the money is, though. Yeah, dude, I I used to uh, I used to film for 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 Sapphire, like their pool club. I've never been there. Always just naked women everywhere, bro. Like I'm so desensitized to it at this point. I I mean, we all got nipples, bro. (laughs) But I'm saying, like, I don't, I don't. There's a lot of people that I know personally like, that don't live in Vegas, like my uncles or cousins sure. from out of town, and, and they'll see like a photo shoot or a video shoot that they, whoa, you were there? That's crazy. That's insane. That's that's so hot. Da, da, da. I'm like, bro, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't, like, I don't see it that way anymore. I just, I'm more focused on my control of the camera, what I'm it's filming. Like if you did a doctor, do job. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, while I'm doing it, so I don't yeah. even see it anymore. It's like so, if you if yeah. you draw on like a naked female, like you're not there like oh you're not there to perv around. Yeah, you're like you're no, there I really to do want my job. art to. Didn't you just uh you you did a drawing on somebody, right? How yeah. how is is that like hard to do because it's like three dimensional? Or are you used it's to different. that now? It's different. Yeah, it's not obviously like just a flat piece of paper or canvas, but um yeah, you get to feel for it. You know, I could paint on anything doesn't matter like you you paint on a whole human's body yeah I paint on this whole girl's body um you can see it on my instagram what was it for it was just a creative photo shoot i, I wanted to do and um it was really cool yeah nice yeah she has a great body and she's a great model <coughs> just like natural model and um yeah. you got to definitely build that trust with somebody when you do things like that right like they they, yeah. they have to trust you as an artist well, for sure yeah i know? mean same thing with photography, you know, shooting girls and, and stuff. It's like, yeah, you want to be professional and, yeah, trust and um, just do the job and keep it simple like that, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of cats out here who ruin it for everybody else, man. <laughs> you know, was, like you got yeah. those Harvey Weinsteins and, you know, egg, bro. always somebody, bro. It goes hand in hand. This I conversation's mean, been going a lot of different ways, hasn't it? <laughs> it's good, man. I'm excited back. The I think the last nice. episode we did, we started talking about caveman drawings and whatnot. I'm kind of happy this kind of took the same similar turn. <laughs> Is it um, similar? Kind of similar because we're going like off rails and we're talking about things that don't necessarily have to do with like drawing or DJing. I like that. Cool. Um, do you, do you, well, going back to the whole drawing thing though, like do you do commissions? I forgot. Oh yeah, you do oh, come in like so. Somebody day. can somebody can hire you to do a drawing, right? Yeah. Do, do you ever get do do you do you ever let them like take control of the project? Or do you say like you're gonna hire me? This is what I'll do. Yeah, you have complete. I have creative complete control. control, but you can kind of give me an idea of what you want. Mm. Um, no, I like it. Just depends. Obviously, it's all situational on the the project or mm-hmm. the commission. It's like depends what i'm drawing if i'm you know am i doing a painting am i doing a mural am i doing a logo am mm-hmm. i doing a flyer um whatever it may be it just it's depends on that but i'm you know a lot of art there's a lot of artists that are like i'm doing it this way and this is what you get and sorry and or whatever it may be just the attitude is just really uh closed or you know rigid i'm more flexible i'm like i want to i want them to be happy and i want to be happy so yeah, like I'm. I want to hear what they want and what they, you know, whatever they're feeling or what they're envisioning, and then you know, um, I'll absorb that, put it through my filter and my my style, and then um, yeah, get to work. But 
I haven't had any real issues. I mean, I've had a couple things where I've done a bunch of mock-ups and drawings for people that, you know, have kind of made me do more work than I should have for nothing. But you learn from that. Oh, you'll always have those clients, man. What do you, what do you learn from that? Contracts or? Well, you just learn like, um, to, it's a lot about, a lot of being an artist, a, a musician, a creative in general is like reading people. You know, like mm-hmm. that's a big thing. Like if I'm rocking a room DJing, like body language, you know, age range, you know, just little details. So you can kind of tell if someone's going to flake on you or someone's going to like completely just yeah, like not the, be a good fit for to work with. Yeah. Like, yeah, you just can read people's energy, their thoughts. Like, you know, a big thing is like uh, how they think um, and also just how professional they are. Like, so like that's this scenario that I'm referring to it's just like it was just a lot of email back and forth uh change this do this i want this color i want the you know like a lot of that and just a lot of bullshit Mm -hmm. meanwhile like now i could if that same situation approached itself i would kind of see through that a lot quicker Mm -hmm. first like do seven mock-ups for free i would do one and then maybe two and then after that you're not getting anything else for free yeah it's gonna start costing after yeah after that we're gonna start really like making legit steps versus like just like oh let's just throw ideas around so yeah just like becoming more and more like um because you got to inform your clients and that's the one thing i still haven't really truly learned a lot of the times but man it's it's hard to do but this is with photography and videography like you got to explain to the nitty-gritty uh, and, the, that, and yeah. sometimes you can you even do that and they're like Oh no! You never said that, and then you're like, "That's why you start doing contracts." That's why it's super it's important like to just people, set the expectations. Yeah, because people will hundred percent be like, "You never said that." Yeah, that's why contracts are very important. I've learned that the hard way. See, I I, I agree on that. Um, that's true. I'm just like I'm not I'm not as business minded maybe as you or other yeah. people. So I'm more of like more creative, more lax mm-hmm. about all that. Like I'm not like before we do anything, here's a contract. Yeah. That's not my style at all. Maybe one day I'll have like an agent or manager that does that for me. Yeah. That's a goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm just going to kind of go about it more of like an intuitive process process, and um, kind of, you know, feel them out and see what would make sense. But uh, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, um, it, I'm way more sharper and more clear about understanding the dynamic between myself and a customer or client mm-hmm. just because of uh doing it so much lately and also um yeah like my time is valuable you know and um that's a big part of it like people don't realize like all the editing and revisions and all those little things that that's time and like and using your creative juices exactly i put i put money on that yeah. <laughs> that shit ain't you can't just grab that from thin air it's not like doing calculations and shit yeah it's literally your you have you have something that a lot of people don't have, and I think and one thing I, I've done more and more every month and every year is literally just like being as blunt and honest upfront, mm-hmm. which is perfect. It's everything in life, like relationships, friendships, business. You need to just throw it all on the table so that everybody understands like the deck of cards and okay, this is going to cost me this amount, this amount of time. All the all the things that mean that are meaningful to this situation is like they need to be just laid out and then um so we all are on the same page that's a big thing you know i still swear like some people just don't listen they're like no you never said that tell me if you agree with me on this one 
Do you believe that working with people is an art form in itself? 100%. Yes. There we go. Now, the reason I'm going to say it is, is because depending on how you phrase things, how you treat your client and the sort of client that you get, you know, it's very, clients range so much, man, right? You'll have a client that pays you $5,000 and they want no revision. Like they'll take whatever you give them because they hired you. They paid that much. They know what you're worth, right? But then you'll have somebody who gives you 50 bucks and they want 10 different revisions. <laughs> they want a 3D. They want to redo the whole thing and they want to squeeze every dime out of you, right? Mm. So I, I, I definitely think, and it, come, and it comes back to you also, the art form uh, aspect of it because you get to pick and choose your clients, right? You're never, as a freelancer, as a creative person, you're never obligated uh, never. to work with anybody. Like, that, And that's one of the things that I think a lot of freelancers kind of lack in is they take every job mm. because they feel like they have to. Mm. They have to take every job that comes their way. But, it, you know, I think that you can be, that's the, that's the beauty of being a freelancer and right. you can pick your projects, right? Very true. I think another big thing that I've learned, and I think anyone should try this and uh, get to that point where you can be yourself in any situation. Um, if it's like you just said, high clientele, mm-hmm. low clientele, middle, wh- whatever it is, it could be the biggest or the smallest person that you're, you're, you're trying to do business with or work with. But at the end of the day, if you're yourself, that's something you could always count on and it won't waver. Like I'm going to treat this person so differently than this person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like that. Like, I think you should be yourself in all situations because mm-hmm. at oh, the yeah. end of the day, that's, that's where <laughs> balance and consistency comes in. And also, um, you'll never trip on yourself. Yeah. You can burn yourself uh, yeah, exactly, out too. Exactly. No, I think what he means is more like you'll never be confused as to what it is you're supposed to do when you're working with a client. Like, so for example, if I choose to do a photo shoot with somebody for free, right. and then I do somebody else with it, that I charge them two, three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. I got to treat them the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it comes back on me. Like, yeah, why, always why do am I treating best. you different? Why am I treating you different? Because you're paying me a little bit more. You know, mm-hmm. how do I quantify how good I treat you? Like, it doesn't make sense. So when yeah. you're yourself, yeah. You, you don't have anything to worry about, right. you know? And you I would handle exactly. that situation. I say, like, way. that's when you can tell if that thing is for you. Because, like, even if I, 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 you know, I charge a homie or somebody a little bit cheaper than usual, I still, like, in my head, I'm like, man, I'm going to barely try. Because I'm mad. <laughs> you know, I'm angry. But when I get there, I go all in. And yeah. then I always have way more footage than I'm supposed to. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and then I have all this shit to edit. And I'm like, well... See, that's a good thing because I'm passionate about it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I had a great time doing it. I try to, like, I try new things. I challenge myself. But that's where you can really sit down and talk to yourself, like, is this for you? Like, can you sit there and, like, get paid nothing and do it and mm. still have a good time? That's, like, literally how it is. And you you doing that favor for your friend, you don't want to jeopardize your quality because you don't know who's going to see that or where exactly. that's going to go. Oh, that's a good point. So, you can be like, I'm not going to do it, like, try hard today. But yeah. then it's like somebody sees it that had money and that could have got you on is how gonna be like and that goes back to consistency that's such a big thing in my life and uh it should be in anyone's life that's like dedicated and um has a craft or a passion like consistency and in health creativity whatever it may be it's like it's so vital um you can't can't get far without it Mm -hmm. i kind of like your style chuck because you kind of like i noticed something about you you always set the bar super low. What do you mean? <laughs> Every time he's about to work with somebody, like, oh no, I suck. 
this guy's actually better. Oh no, you don't want to hire me. I suck. He'll always like downplay himself, right? Yeah, I downplay And then put a point a where they hire him. Whatever he does is incredible. <laughs> it could be trash. They'll probably be like, "Whoa, this is amazing." <laughs> That's, That's funny. <laughs> Why you call me out, bro? It sounds like you're the no, best. But it's also the it's, salesman. You're the best salesman of yourself. It's also it's also like a humble brag on his behalf, though, because um, he he does. First of all, he does get a lot of clients, and he always does kill it. Nice. So, but and he but he Thank doesn't you, but he he doesn't like he doesn't like saying that he's good. You know. In my head, it's hard for me to be like, because I compare myself too damn much. Because there's fucking to other videographers. Yeah, and no matter what, as much as like I compete with myself realistically, I'm still always like, fuck. There's some monsters out there. Of course, dude. I'm like, in my head, like it instantly goes to that. I'm like, but once I get in the groove and once I'm there filming, I'm completely just focused on myself and knowing like, okay, this is reality now. Yeah. There's nobody else out there. They hired me. So I'm going to do my best. Yeah. Have a good time. Be the best I can and learn something. Exactly. Because by you being envious or jealous of this guy in New York (laughs) who has better equipment, has a whole team and is doing like superior work that you think that is not going to do anything for you. Mm-hmm. You just you, It literally does nothing, nothing. for you. It's going to dig right. you deeper in your hole. Exactly. And distract you. Meanwhile, like you just said, once you once you get there on site and you get the project going, you're back to your formula, your flow, yeah. what you do, and you get the job done and you do your best and, you know, make it happen. But I think it's good to to you know, sometimes challenge because it's a com- competition, like friendly competition. I don't you, you, know. No, no, you just want you want other people in the world it could be locally, but uh, or wherever that inspire you that are like to try you look harder. up to, or mm-hmm. you you're like, whoa, this guy's work. Like, there's so many DJs and artists and photographers. I'm like, this is just next level. Yeah, like, some of those DJs, I'm like, holy. Mm-hmm. Shit. But there's just levels to levels. That's just life. There's levels to life. Levels like that is so real because people probably look at me or you or you and be like, wow, you guys are doing amazing work. I mean, yeah. you know, and they look at us like those people that we look at, whatever. That's true. Everything. So, yeah. There's, there's so many different layers and levels to life that I think you just have to kind of, you know, it's also monkey DNA that we have. We're monkeys, right? Like we compare, contrast, we, we stop it. We get a stoplight. We see a Mercedes. We're in a Honda. We see a Rolls. We yeah. see a, you know, whatever. And we say, oh, how, why is why does he have that? Why is she so hot? Why, you know, like all these Instagram, all these comparing and contrasting, that's just human nature because you care, you want better things, you want a better lifestyle, you want to be better, all these things. Like it's, it's just part of our DNA. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure cavemen were looking at motherfuckers with like all the, all the fruits and stuff around them. Definitely like the biggest stick in town. <laughs> bullshit. I didn't go there, but I was just saying like, Oh, look at all the food he has. Uh, look at all the shit he has. Look at the territory he has. Yep. I want that territory. And then he might rob him. He might yeah. try to replicate him. He might try to do different techniques. It's just yeah. our time deals with society. What has put into our heads with just being sexy, having nice cars appeal like, and it, it it is what it is. Like I like people always say like, oh man, I wish we were back in time, but we're not. We're in mm-hmm. the now. This is what it is. Yeah, money is lifeblood. I'm not trying to be like a businessman. It's just this is the society we live in. We don't live in a time where we Wait, can go. Money is lifeblood. I I believe that. Like money just is like lifeblood. What does that mean? Because uh, you need money to be alive in this world. Is that what you mean? That was yeah. You mean? Oh, okay. like like legit. You need it. You need, you can't yes. run away. Yes. You can't run away to because land is owned by somebody because mm-hmm. bullshit. 
Like, the whole entire world has been monetized. Even if you become a homeless person and you don't want to conform to the rules, if you want, if you're a homeless person, you're still going to depend on other people's donations to get something to eat, right? Money it, to survive, yes. It's, it's, you have to keep denying that. Not, yes. I'm not trying to like. Trust me, I hate money. I think it's like it's so fucked. But we don't live in a time where we can like barter still. Yeah. you know what I mean? Because that would be tight if I can be like, hey, I'll do this for you. I'll do that for you. But we still live it. We still do that now. Uh, yeah, I guess, degree, you know, like it's just the, the money part is just what makes me mad. Cause it's like, it, it's a piece of paper that somebody, we all said like, this is worth something. When I give you corn for your vegetables or for broccoli, right. that's like exchange. It's, yeah. It's real exchange right. of like nutrition. like, I'm, this is survival now. Like mm. I can survive off that. It always gets me mad. Cause somebody took water too and said, I'm going to charge on this. And water's like literally the most important thing for a human. Yeah. But somebody was like, here's the thing though, this and, is mine. I'll, and I'll combat that. I don't think they're charging for the water. I think they're charging for the fact that they the went ahead. The purification? No, oh. not even that. They're were charging for the convenience of them bring, bringing it to you in a package that you can just take whenever you want. Versus you, imagine if water is free, Chuck, go down the river and drink it. Like, you know what I mean? You're not paying for the products of the water. You're yeah, paying that's for the true. packaging. You're paying for them thinking of the fact that we got to purify this and make it something I just that people think can it's, trust. It's always so weird on just like, you know, people are like, I stepped here first, so this is my land. I'd be tired if the government just gave out water bottles for free at the store. But it's that whole thing. You can't, you can't, can't cry about it because it is what it is at this point. And like, it's a cat, you know, to, to, to be where we are, like you have to have something that keeps things in line, you know, and, and unfortunately it's, you know, money. It's a double-edged sword. I'll it say, is. I'll say this. The beautiful, the the ugly thing about it is you need it and you need to make it right. But let me ask you this: If you could, would you live your entire life on the barter system of like, hey, I'll draw you a design something for your company if you feed me for a month, you know, or if you give me a place to stay for six months? Like, I'll do this amount of work. That sounds would fun. Would you do that, or what's the point of doing that when you can get further ahead, charging money for it? And then also, if you think about it, if you always barter, if you live your life bartering, you'll never get ahead than what you have on on your plate right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was talking more bartering back in the day, like when we all lived on farms and we all were doing crops, mm. but somebody had the but technique that, but that, of building. But that crop, that, uh, that that corn you're talking about, that is the money. There's the value, right? It's yeah, tangible. yeah. But I, I'm saying, I'm me just, I'm, I'm pointing it that money is nothing. You can't eat money. No. Right? You can't. You can burn it. But with crops, if I'm selling crops and like, even if you have building, I'm like, I'll build your roof. I'll fix your roof because it broke down on that tornado. Mm. So just give me some crops and I'll build that roof. See, that's what I wish it was like, but it's not. Mm. So I got to get over it. But you could do that today we still. still. Do, yeah, yeah, we still, still do that with family. Like I'll tell like my uncle, hey, come help me cut down this tree and, you know, I'll give but you guys. Still, no, 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 you can't because you still have to pay bills. You still have to buy food. You still have to buy water. You see what I mean? You well, can't. you could you could do you could do some bartering though. Like for instance, if I do like a design or something for like a coffee place, I don't mind being paid in coffee. <laughs> see, I don't because I'm like I can't I can't do video. If you give me a day. free, if you give me a see, free year of coffee, that's a lot of money. And now you, know you need so now you need to find coffee, water, and then some food place. And then be like, yeah, you could be good. That's true. You could be like, I'll do a meal for your restaurant, but you could feed me for the whole year. Like, it's like partial bartering, obviously. Like, yeah, yeah. you know. No, no, you for sure can barter still. I've, like, yeah. yeah, for sure. Even but. a weed company. I don't mind doing weed, <laughs> weed graphics for some free weed. That's you, fair. Have you ever heard of Bitcoin? Yeah. 
Yeah. Are you into it at all, or are you just not nah, li- really? Not for me. Okay. Because that's another. It's interesting, but that, it's not it, for that, me. There's another way with Bitcoin um, that could, I think, benefit a lot of artists, um, just because of of the fact that you know you no longer. And this is for artists who create content online. Obviously, this is like it's a very digital thing, right? Um, but for artists who create content online, instead of you ba- uh, getting paid for ads on your videos, when people hate ads, you can get paid for the people who actually watch your videos in micro payments. So, like, let's say, let's say I spent a whole twenty four hours watching your videos on your website, right? Yeah. Instead of you having to put ads and find sponsors and then work and then them trying to figure out, okay, what's the cost per minute? Da da da. I can actually literally pay you out of my digital wallet for every second that I spend watching your content. And even if I spend all day watching your content, like 24 hours, you maybe get like five cents for it from me. But it's it's value, right? Like you're, I'm giving you that value from me watching your content. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of Bitcoin that I like. That's the aspect where I'm like, okay, the, well, the micropayments aspect could yeah. be tight. Because if you think, think about it, it'd be the same as if you had... If you did go through a sponsor and then they paid you for the ads, right? If you have 12 views on your video, you're not going to get that much at the end of the day. But if you're somebody who's getting millions and millions and millions of views, those five cents add up, right? Like Yeah, but when you're at that point, you're above those five cents. You're on a different level. Like you're not thinking like, oh, I want to add up all these pennies. Mm. I have millions of views. I'm on, I'm thinking like way bigger and on a different scale. I would think, you know, well, like, it, it, if you're, if it's you're going to multiply, it's going to multiply. Sure. But what I'm trying to say is like th- those little micro donations or whatever you're referring to, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's like very, <laughs> um, beginner to mid range stuff. Like nobody would be donating out of their, like it would, they, it wouldn't be like a, Oh, I'm going to give you one penny or two pennies. It would be something that's automatically calculated and given to you based on what the value and of that is. How would that work? It's, so like I it, the same way ads work right now, but cutting out the middleman, it's pretty much the same. But way. would I have to give them the permission to take out micro bits yeah. out of my thing? Okay, yeah. okay. If so it's like a site. In, yeah. Okay, I get it. You basically be automated. Yeah, which is tight. I really think that's a cool little thing for like you said, startup people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, because right. like uh, stream, stream it. What is what is that uh, outside? Stream IO. Stream. Stream.io. Steam or it. Steam it. So there's like a site where you everybody's getting paid. The content creator to the commenter to like everybody's getting paid on this. To be site. part you, of the community. Yeah, because okay. you can put money wherever you want, which is tight. Because like if you had a site where you put in twenty bucks to start, and then it micro takes like a one one hundredth mm-hmm. of a penny out. Right. Right. And it just gives, it starts giving to people you're watching and you all that. You start gaining value and money for being part of a community. And that's what I like. It's man. more community based. Yeah. Driven. And and that's one of the beauties of, of, of cryptocurrencies is the incentivization of then cleaning, cleaning, cleaning up the internet. Cause now you got YouTube, right? You got, you upload a video, you put all this work into it. You think it's a work of art. Right. And then you get somebody who comments, this sucks ass. <laughs> But that's, First of all, you, you don't know who that is. And you can't stop that. Right, you can, right. But what if you lived in a world with cryptocurrency where then, in fact, if, if it was a value-based thing, they get more money from leaving a positive comment than, you know, then they get point or they get something taken away from them for leaving see, this a bad is, comment. This is too, like, this is such like an extrapolation <laughs> of an extrapolation, I feel like. Mm. It's so like, uh, uh like an extension of an extension of an extension. Like you're, you're talking, you're talking about like thinking of making money off of co- positive comments. Mm-hmm. That's bizarre. There's, to someone, an in, there's an infrastructure for it. Sure. But like, 
what the hell are you thinking about, dude? That's crazy to be even thinking about. That's what your goal or that's like a, a part of your attention. Yeah. That should never be a part of your attention. How do you, how do you mean? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm never thinking like, okay, I'm making this content and I want, I'm thinking about, okay, I need more positive comments. Oh, no, no, no. I, that's I, what's going to create value, right? I did what you're saying? Yeah, I didn't mean it as in like an artist, like you you just want more value. I'm saying as a uh, to clean up the negativity on the internet because mm. there's so much negativity already on the internet and anybody can leave anything. Yeah. There's a little bit more accountability to it. Mm. And that's what I believe in. I believe in being an accountable person. Like mm. I wouldn't, I want to behave on Twitter on online. How you wouldn't realize. How I wouldn't you, in real right. life. You're saying for right. those, those fucking trolls who are just like, but dude, there's yeah. probably a 12 year old and, and yeah. you know, like it's like, it's one of those things like mm. that's just part of the, the, the openness of the internet mm -hmm. that is, inevitable and it's just like psychos there's just right psychos the out internet 1.0 <laughs> i mean so, but it's know? like it's like it's like going outside and cleaning the curbs no, it's like well imagine do we really need to clean the curbs imagine if the internet was like the way the the real world was if, imagine if the real world was like the internet where anybody can get in the car and drive it and then if they hit you or they crash you they can just disappear doesn't work right that wouldn't work there's too much structure a, it's a it's a chaotic world that to live in yeah, because there's, so, you know, insurance and uh, things. Look at him. It's going to happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? He said, look at him. It's going to happen, right? <laughs> uh -huh. I, no, no. Oh, I, do see, I do see Keem's point. Like, um, and I definitely think it, it, it's going to have a thing. But, you know, there's always going to be that balance of negativity that comes in. I also life. think we have bigger fish to fry than, like, a couple negative comments on each video or whatever is going on out there. Like... Those little haters or people that have more time on their yeah, hands. Yeah, else to do. Yeah, it's like... They literally sit there and they do it because so they know it annoys somebody. Yeah, or they're just... It always It's always about they have nothing going on in their life. That's where it starts. Like, they have no value or substance to their world. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, let me... This person's doing something. Let me bring them down or whatever it may be. Who cares? I just... you. I think the best approach is just you do what you do and you don't let anybody... Wait, you know, waver your flag. Like, that's the only way to approach life. Yeah, you know I what I'm agree. saying. I agree. It's as like, an artist, for sure, take constructive criticism, but fuck the haters. I don't got no haters because I don't do anything. But <laughs> Chuck hasn't posted on Instagram in three years. Has it been three years already? Probably longer than that. Now. Damn. Wow. Yeah. You don't like it? Um, I'm just over it. What do you? I want? was getting good business, so I was like, I was always getting like referred, and I didn't have to use it no more. So I was like, I'm not using this shit no more. So you're over Instagram. What are you on? Nothing. You're just like local. Only. I just I hit up, you know, like I use Facebook to talk to my homies, like to go play games. Like you guys want to play a game, or I hit up my brother or sister. Like that's it, or family, and then Instagram, or YouTube. Same he'll, thing. Watch, he'll stay on YouTube watching like, videos. I'll just tell like people like if they see me and they like my photos that I was taking at an event or video. I'll just be like, yeah, just hit me up on Instagram. I just don't post. I think it's definitely we we're in such a weird age where you have you have to wear so many hats in any field to be um, relevant to gain momentum and traction, and also uh, to to have any type of success. You have to do so many things. Mm -hmm. Like it's just it's just the nature of. Yeah, people don't do what I'm doing. I'm just doing it because I just I don't care. Yeah, I don't need to do it. <laughs> you, have the luxury, you have the luxury of not caring. Some people like well, do it. I think it's I'm I'm definitely leaving money on the table for sure. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure I could have got so many more clients. But yeah, 
fuck i don't care <laughs> <laughs> but you you have a lot of the a lot of the same clients right like a monthly right like you already work with like yeah x exactly. amount of clients so I'm a every little, single I'm month a little comfy right for sure but it, but it also it also aligns with your goals of what mm-hmm. you're trying to do you're trying to and they refer up. me way more than right. what my instagram would get me right because every time or you don't it, know Oh yeah, see, yeah, right. right. You're you right. don't know. Yeah, someone from another country could have found you. Don't ever count out social media. I just don't do it. Yeah, and it's yeah. work, but it's work because you have to, work. you know, make good quality. You have to hashtag. You got to put it out. You got to do all. It's work, bro. It's Remember like, back in the day when we used to run the Indie Flare Instagram page, oh bro? My God, bro. We used to have a video production company called Indie Flare, and we would do micro like mic yeah, mini do, vlogs. Yeah, and like, and we would like design the feed, but like also like design every thumbnail for every tile mm. and then like it'd be like a one minute vlog we'd have to do every couple you know days it was mm. exhausting man yeah i couldn't like I, I could imagine that would be fun if that was your full-time thing if that's what you did right but man it's like a side that's thing. why i'll never get <laughs> mad at somebody who hires out a social media person <coughs> like to delegate that out because right. it, it you have to use your mental it's, it's another creative thing because you're like work, what's the details right. what do i want to hashtag what right. do I, what time do i want to post what is the content that's being posted and editing it's just like, yeah see my brain's already i'm already sleeping just thinking about it it's like, work it's work and that's just one platform think about if you're on twitter tiktok tiktok <laughs> yeah so we talked about this last one right like tiktok you could be on all these platforms mm-hmm. putting out the same content and mm-hmm. some maybe it might pop on this one it might pop on this one who knows mm-hmm. um and I, I express my approach to like being very uh, concentrated mm-hmm. versus like I want to try all these platforms and just repost everything. Um, and I it goes back to what you do and what platform your work shines the best on, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I remember talking about the the, the, the whole TikTok debate. Yeah, because you were like, Would you ever consider putting your work on TikTok? Sure. Right. Did yeah. you do it yet? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't done anything with TikTok, man. Yeah, I've it, even been just, on it. It's just it's it's its own platform, man, and you got to figure out how to make it its own. Right? Until I start seeing like a lot of people doing what I do on there, and it's like changing well, the world. Look, look up a game. hashtag. Look up a hashtag. Well, what's a, what's a hashtag? No lie, bro. Huh. What what I can say right now from the last guest we had on, she who's basically pretty big in the TikTok world. You know what I mean? Like she's she got two million followers on TikTok, man. Uh, crazy. Wait, first off, like, are those real people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. What's crazy they're is all like real. They're kids, two though. million real people. Do yeah. you see the thousands of comments she, on her videos? She, the only way bots, she though. realistically makes money is because uh, m- there's no such thing as monetization yet on there. It's still a new platform. It's still they're still trying to learn it. And there's probably like she kept it super real with us. She was like, I got two million followers. I don't got the biggest. Anything. She's like the biggest offer I've gotten is like five hundred bucks for a post. No, fifty bucks. Oh, 50 bucks? She made 500 bucks on a donation or oh. like through donation because you can live stream and get donations kind of like Twitch or Mixer or YouTube. So she was, that's how she makes her money is she does the live Cam streams. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> See, we're all talking the same language, yeah. but with different vernacular. Yeah. <laughs> but she don't. Well, well, that's well, what well, it all really is though. I think she does drawing. That? Give me a hashtag real quick that you would use if you would put to post on TikTok. Uh, f- or maybe one that you use currently on live Instagram. art. Yeah, live art. Live art. Oh, we're doing some research right we're now. Doing it right now. Cartoon man. art. Looking for hashtags. Here we go, bro. There's 3.1 million. And what does that mean? Post like people okay. are posting. Cool. So you wouldn't be the first one. So think about that. Look at. Nice. Dude, dude's getting down on there. I like it. See, that's that. What is that style called? I wonder if it has a style. 
Like a Th- that's kind of what David Gar- Garibaldi that's does. That's like um, speed painting. Speed no. portrait. Yeah, speed people portrait. who are listening to the audio have no idea what's happening right now. But that's now. that's really yeah. hard because he's using yeah. both hands. Fifty-two thousand likes. Ambidextrous. Ambidextrous. Let's say it together now. Ambidextrous. Ambidextrous. That's the word of the day. You make it sound like a dinosaur. Damn, we're already at the hour and a half mark for this podcast. That was man. good, y'all. That was a good conversation. Good man. We went to a lot of different. Got dark for a minute, but I like it, man. Got real dark. Um, thank you for joining us, man, on the podcast. We look forward to seeing your TikTok coming soon. Twenty twenty, it's a new year. I have lots of big things going on this year, man. I'm excited. Oh yeah, do uh, do you want to mention anything that's going on? You, on the last one we did, the messed up. Um, you mentioned that you were doing your first workshop, right? How how did that go, real quick? It was really great. It was uh two days ago. And there was about 11 students. Nice. And um, yeah, it was fun. We painted live, uh, showed them some stuff. We made some paintings. Are you planning to do uh, any more soon? Yeah, I have two more workshops. One uh, with Ferguson's downtown, Vegas. Dope. Um, that's going to be at Future Makers in t- February. 15th, I think. Sick. And do you then, have like, is there like a sign up that page or that we can post or? I would just go to my Instagram okay. and just follow me and you could see everything i'm doing i'm doing a really big uh i don't know if i should announce it but i'm going to uh um, for it man now's the time uh you ever heard of one drop one drop I, I think i have heard of it no before it's like a uh, charity uh big charity event i guess um company and and we're gonna be doing this large event in uh in march okay where i'm gonna be doing probably my biggest painting ever it's gonna be 30 feet by 10 feet on a Damn. building it's gonna be we're, we're thinking big canvas sheets and then just putting them all together yeah and you, are you doing this by yourself yeah 30 feet by <laughs> 10 feet that's bigger than I'm, this house i'm using a big spray pump yeah like an extinguisher yeah exactly <laughs> damn how long are you giving yourself to complete it have you ever done that nope <sighs> are you gonna practice i'm gonna figure this all out because <laughs> i've seen people well I mean, they fucking were just ignorant with it but yeah i've seen just ruining buildings right yeah i've seen it (laughs) you see it on vegas i was like i like i'm cool when it's art artistic but when you just write like bck or something ridiculous i hate y'all that's not art dude like i hate that aspect of graffiti i love graffiti obviously what's that called again i I literally it's been so long bombing bombing Bombing. bombing no bueno it's just like you're ruining shit it's super disrespectful, it's like, don't bro. Ruin shit, man. It's like make art, not ruin things. Like it's silly. It's it's just imma- it's immaturity. I feel, like, I feel like that's how photography is with people who just take pictures of naked girls. Like it's not really art, man. You just it, it's gonna catch because you got a there naked is girl some in your good photo. art. There, there are some there good are ones, some really good. But ones. I know what you mean. But you know what I mean. All right. Well, they have other intentions. Yeah, of course. Little pervs. Cloud chasers, yeah. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> or that, yeah. I guess Harvey Weinstein's of the world. <laughs> yeah. Nasty. Dope, man. I look forward to ch- seeing that and checking it out and seeing how it comes out, man. That's dope. Oh yeah, man. Um, yeah. We're gonna put all your information in the description for the bio for iTunes and Spotify. Thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate again. your time. Thank you again. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for thank you for like agreeing to do like a second one because. You know, technical difficulties last time. I gave you guys a second chance. You're worth it, man. (laughs) Hey. You guys are worth it. All right, man. Thank you for joining us. And everybody tuning in. We'll catch you guys in the next morning dinner. Peace. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. In the goddamn refrigerator. I sure am hungry.